decision. Yeah. I want to win championships. I want to win bowl games. And what else is better for to do than your city? The power of home represents something. The DMV, like you try to explain it to people that aren't from there, and it's hard to explain it. That thing we talk about, Maryland Pride, it's real. And today, we're going to play with Maryland Pride. He's going to go! Touchdown, Maryland! The Terrapins have one last shot at winning this game. Three seconds, two seconds, one second, throws it up. Money! And he got it! And the Terrapins win at the buzzer! Oh, Stevie Francis, showtime. Oh, man, what a play by Pius. Holy cow. Maryland hits the road to beat Penn State. Maryland pulls off the upset. They have defeated number one, and the celebration is on. And the kids have done it. Maryland wins their first ever national championship. Holding up Indiana, 64 to 52, and let's listen and look at the celebration. Be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great. Some achieve greatness. And others host college sports and recruiting podcasts. You're listening to IMS Radio at InsideMarylandSports.com. Your hosts, Jeff Ehrman, Paul Douglas, and Larry France. Oh, what were the nerds supposed to do last night? You had Doctor Who, Jodie Whittaker's last episode, Regeneration Scene, 100th anniversary of BBC, and House of the Dragon series finale on at the same time. I would say watch Sunday night football. That's what I would do. I don't even know. I guess I, I actually, I know that the Steelers lost just because I'm a Ravens fan, but yeah, it was, I, it was, it was not, not worth even watching. on the radar. Left. It was not worth watching. Unless there were fantasy. Not even on the radar. No, I, I chose house of the dragon. Just so you know, did the same proud nerd, nerd wallet, card carrying, whatever. It was cool. I like I like dragons. Jeff knows. No. I, don't know I don't know what a single thing you just said means. I don't know what any of those shows are. <laughs> well, you were about. texting and not paying attention. I was to tweeting the out the show. I, I hit a little glitch on my tweet. Okay. And, I was and just so everybody knows, right before the show, Jeff got a text from Derek Queen. You want to share that with us, what he said? Yeah. Yeah, it was like Bob Stone all over again, man. What, <laughs> hey, what, what did Bob Stone tell me as we were getting on the air? What was that about? He, we were trying to get Bob Stone, just so everybody knows, Diamond Stone's dad. Bob Stone. He, when Diamond Stone was being recruited and Diamond Stone had committed but not yet started to play for the Terps, Bob Stone listened to the show all the time. And I remember very distinctly, he called us Mavericks. He said, oh, you got a bunch of Mavericks on that show. And you told us that. And, Paul, you said, no, 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 no. I'm Goose, you're Maverick. <laughs> and I still remember that. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. That's probably he true. Called me, Bob Stone called me one night with a booster, with a guy who's on the site a lot, one of the boosters, at like literally at like midnight after some win, road win, and was just like, ah, talking all kinds of crazy stuff. He's like, this guy's, I don't know, he was a character. It's too bad, I, his, son, it's too bad his son didn't work out because he was a great he was a great guy. Yeah, we kept trying. And, and the other thing he wanted 
he wanted us to play either James Taylor or Led Zeppelin. Oh yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. He said we'd come on if we played uh, Led Zeppelin. Yeah, yeah, he was he was like a comment factory man. Like it was like every week, he's like, "Oh, you should see what Bob texted me this week." Yeah, you know, it's like, "All right, let's get him on this show, man." He's very dry with it. Yeah. Uh, so I started playing. I said, "All right, Bob, here you go. Here's some James Taylor." And I started playing a song "Chili Dog" by James Taylor. If you guys know that, and I played three seconds of it, and cut it off, and I said, "That's it. That's all you get. Come on the show. I'll give you the whole song." And he still he held out. And he it. still said, he "Said no. It didn't work." Didn't want to be on the on with those Mavericks, man. Yeah. So then the following week, I think I played Cashmere, Led Zeppelin. Anyway, whatever. Yes. Might, might have started asking about math tests and stuff. I don't know. But no, Derek Queen did not did not just call me. But there is an uh, update on him on the site from Colby, who will be joining us here shortly. Well, uh, we'll have to ask Colby about that in about thirty minutes. From Derek Queen's big visit. Now we see what's next, but I guess I'm getting ahead of getting ahead of ourselves. No, it's okay. Football, there's like positive happenings in football right now. I think I heard six and two. It's, would would you would it be fair to say it, as underwhelming a six and two as Maryland could have? If for Maryland to be six and two to feel not like that, it's weird that the expectations. They're six and two, but it still feels like they haven't met expectations. Well, they don't have that signature win, is the thing, right? If they had that one win over a ranked team, it would feel different. It would feel. They've more never like clicked either, though. They haven't they had a game did. where everything just went right. They've been surviving quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, which is great because in the past they didn't survive. Yeah, you can't. Hey, so, this position of the odds being perpetually stacked against you ever starting six and two with the way the last decade has gone. There's no style points, man. There's no style points. That's just, let's get to this step. You know, I completely agree. I just, I, I kind of look at it this way. I mean, good teams find ways to win and Maryland loses three or four of those games most years. Right. I mean, that's just what, that's just what it comes down to. So like, yeah, they let the Purdue one go, but they won against Northwestern. They probably shouldn't have. I mean, it looked like butt. They tried to give it away. They had a backup quarterback. I mean, Northwestern, whatever you want to say about Pat Fitzgerald, like the guy could coach football. They had two weeks. They threw a new quarterback at us. Apparently, according to Loxley, they threw a new defensive look at us. You know, and it worked, except the difference this time is Maryland has got more talent than a team like this, and it eventually took over. And secondly, you know, these coaches at Maryland get a lot of shit from supposed fans about how they're not very good football coaches. But, man, they came out in the second half and they owned them. I mean, that's and that's that's the fourth or fifth time that's happened this year where they've maybe not played the best first half, come out in the second half and on both sides of the ball, kick some ass and been able to the uh, the point differential in the third quarters of games. Oh, oh yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. They've given up 10 points. In eight games in the third quarter, every one, every game third, they look shaky going to halftime. You're like, this is that one deflating loss that you know is coming, and then the defense just completely flips the game around in the third quarter. And they Purdue was the one time they couldn't take advantage of it. You know, they had those three turnovers, got zero points, but otherwise, you gotta give Brian Williams first year as a defensive coordinator. You know, he's they're giving up a decent amount of points, but whatever he's doing at halftime is working. 
Yeah, they they seem to be very good at diagnosing what the issues are, and and there's a lot of value in that for a team that's not an overwhelmingly, at least on the defensive side of the ball, they're not overwhelmingly more talented or even more talented than a lot of their foes. On the offensive side of the ball, that's a whole different story um, about how you you may feel about Enos and 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 his performance uh, situationally or overall. But I mean. Uh, this week especially just felt like, I, I don't know, everybody on the inside MarylandSports.com message boards was just writing this up. They saw the line, started at 11, I think, moved all the way up to 14, even though everybody knew uh, Talia was almost certainly not going to play. I knew this game was going to suck. I was the only one. So, like, yay me, I guess, for, like, being the only person who, like, knew this was going to be a slugfest. But they found a way to get it done. And, and frankly, that's all you can ask for. I mean, we haven't been in this type of situation. And at the very earliest 2010, I think if you go by the date, it's like 2001 or even further back. But I mean, six and two in the Big Ten East. Fuck it, man. I'm not, I'm not being mad. I'm not sitting here thinking, oh, well, I don't know if we've met expectations. Take your expectations and shove it up your ass, man. This is Maryland. Hey, Larry, are you going to let him talk to you like that? I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, no, no, Larry. Larry's. I'm not. I'm not directing that directly at Larry. Yeah. I, there's a lot of people saying that. There's. I think. I. I would actually argue that's the majority opinion right now. At least on the on the inside uh, MarylandSports.com message boards that the team has not met expectations. And I just. Oh, that's insane. Whoever said insane. Forget I it. just find that hard. To, I mean, yes. If you want me to pick nits, I can pick lots of them. The offense has not clicked completely. At, in one single game. I mean, they've been okay. up and down. It hasn't been people happy. They're trying yeah, to keep I, different guys happy. And, you know, and I, I tweeted the other day because I think Jarrett was frustrated because of Black. And I think he's had drops. You know, I talked to somebody over in Maryland last week and he thought the drops that Jarrett's had are related to lack of reps. You know, when you're not getting thrown to you as often, you can start to get it back in that uh, reflexive zone. So they went to him early and often. He had seven for 77, which isn't huge. He's still way off of last year's pace, but they're just both tight ends running. I mean, Roman Hemby, we said they found a way to win. Basically, you could translate that to Roman Hemby saved their ass, right? I mean, he, he won the game for them. He's becoming a star. I mean, the guy next year, and if he stays beyond that, is going to be probably one of their best running backs in quite a while that they've had. No, he, he was excellent. And I do think they, again, the offensive staff deserves some credit for really flexing that RPO game, the read option, as well as the RPO, because Billy has proven that he's willing to be, to, to make those quarterback runs and keepers in the way that Leah really doesn't do anymore. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think there's some value in that. And I think there's value in the offensive staff being able to see what, you know, what a guy does best and accentuate that. And I think that threat from Billy running, it really also helped open some of those holes for Hemby, or at least made some of those linebackers think twice. And that's all he needs, man. Cause he's a stud. He makes that first move. He's, he's done. And you're done. 52, man. You can't let the, yeah. you. he doesn't have that crazy straight line speed, but he's just one of those guys who just knows when to cut great vision, really tough. I mean, red shirt freshman too. Yeah, I mean, people were black. Three years, he might be really good in a couple That's, of years. People were sending me these tweets like, uh, he sucks, all this stuff. Just in the first quarter, I was like, he's making his first start ever. You know what I mean? And not well, a big, a Northwestern stinks, but it's still homecoming, big crowd, like a big environment. 
uh, you got to expect it. He did the exact kind of little mistakes that you would expect from a guy like that, but he's got some promise. Well, that was the that was the problem too. I mean, you had people thinking Billy was going to be the second coming of freaking Peyton Manning because he let a touchdown drive in garbage time against Michigan and had those really you know a couple good drives against um, uh, shoot uh, whoever Indiana. And it's like, guys, that's not starting football game against a defense that's got tape on you. You know, against a defense that got two weeks to figure this stuff out, like. It was always going to be a different thing, and it took Billy a while to really grow into that game. But he did. He did. Yeah. I feel like the offensive staff did a pretty good job of putting him in, in a position for, for success other than that ridiculous end of drive uh, where they got kicked out of field goal range uh, when they could have gone up 10 or 14 at the end of the game. I thought throwing on third and long where you only need that field goal to go up two scores with, what, three minutes left, I, that was incredibly stupid. But – that's that's kind of if you want to talk about issues oh, yeah. with Enos and his play calling. I think he's a good offensive coordinator across the board. I just feel like he doesn't have the best feel for situations sometimes. Yeah. And that felt like one of those things where like, boy, don't put don't put your freshman quarterback off the bench in that kind of position freaky, because man. you're not he's setting freaky. him up. He's like a home success. run hitter. Enos is like a home run hitter. It's all or nothing, you know. It's like five straight strikeouts or a, a bomb. Right, forty bombs, two hundred Ks. Right, I've, it, I mean, so, I've noticed a few times where like it looked like Loxley didn't like the play call, <laughs> like did a bad yeah. play, clearly a bad play call, and you would just see Loxley like shaking his head or muttering something off to the side, which is kind of funny to watch. I have noticed. I have definitely noticed Loxley looking at that offensive play card on the sideline a little more than maybe he used to. Yeah. So I know he's not calling plays, but you can tell that he's. He's, he's a little, keeping a little, an eye on things, uh, which is yeah. He's a little antsy about it, but they're six and two. You're not going to make any do anything drastic, obviously. Huge. Look, man, it's 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 we're not even to Halloween. Maryland's bowl eligible. I mean, I it, <laughs> I mean, I, I can't. I just can't imagine like not being giddy about this. I mean, sure, we're not ranked. They haven't had the the signature win for the season, but you get to play the last four games in November with house money, as far as I'm concerned. Knowing you got Rutgers at the very end at home, they're they're, they're dumpster fire, and then you get to take your shot at Camp Randall up at the Erector Set in State College, and then you get Ohio State at home. I mean, what's this is not your average November for a Maryland football fan. This is a fun November. Yeah, there's nothing to lose here, man. You go, you got a puncher shot. You got two weeks for Leah to get fully healthy. I think this is great. I I, I just can't. I, I I know that maybe I'm overstating how many people actually are are not super jazzed about this, but I I just can't understand. Very feeling that way, man. Very, Very anything uh, anything interesting in your stats? Yeah, I, I have that, but I wanted to ask quickly. About Talia, have you heard anything, Jeff? What's the prognosis? Wisconsin, Talia or Billy? Both, maybe. I'm surprised you didn't say this as a uh, trivia, as a question for the end, Larry. I, I have. Well, I have at the end of the show for you guys, I've got, because we had Colby, I didn't know exactly what was going on. I got true or false, and I have buy or sell. I've got two segments nice. at the end, but that's not one of them, whether he's going to play. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, he didn't even dress, you know. Um, but he's the way he's moving around. He's practicing. They got two weeks. Makes you think like maybe he's going to play. 
I give him I give him a seventy percent chance. That's what I feel like. Seventy percent uh, for Wisconsin. Yeah, just because of the way at first they talked, like and then you knew they weren't going to play him, and then he didn't even dress. He wanted to play though. I I talked to somebody over there, and he said that Leah really wanted to play, but you know, if they're and- not putting him in a uniform, that says something. I think. I think it's hard to say. They don't give a lot of details. I mean, the right. he did give he gave more detail than usual uh, about this injury, but I'm thinking 70, and then after and that, definitely back at some point in the season. Yeah, I mean, unless they're unless they're understating the severity of it, or they're understating the severity so that the other teams have to game plan for him. Is that possible? You never know. He likes to keep it keep it pretty tight, not give out anything he doesn't have to give out, which, yeah, you know, strategic, strategically is very understandable, even though it might be annoying on the fan media side at times. I, you know, I understand why he does it. So we won't know. I won't be surprised or I will be surprised if we know before game time against Wisconsin. All right. I do have. Some yes, points. I would. I'm sure he will say the he's a game time decision, but like it felt like they made a pretty early decision this week to to sit him even though he didn't want to sit and i i would bet if it wasn't northwestern they might have reconsidered or at least given it a little more time during the practice week but i the way he's moving around and I, i'd be sh- i mean you, you could always re reaggravate something but i'd be shocked if he doesn't play that's yeah. that's just my my eyeball take all right i do have some cool stats to show you some pff stuff um are you guys seeing my spreadsheet or no? Yeah. You guys see this spreadsheet here with all the PFF data? Yes. Okay. So here, and for the people in the radio, I have listed every single player that PFF has rated on this season with their number of snaps, their grade, and then I multiplied those together to get a number of earned points. So See, this is where PFF gets a little annoying. Uh, like Roman Hemby, yes, of course. And then Littleton, McDonald, and Ramon Brown are their six through seven, five through seventh best players. No, 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 no. This is sorted by position. Oh, okay. I Quarterbacks, got running obviously, backs. Obviously, okay. It's sorted by position and then by number of snaps. So here are the quarterbacks, Talia, 428 snaps, Billy Edwards, 138. And then you multiply by their grade, and I gave them a earned points that weigh somewhat like uh, like production, right? Number of, uh, of their grade times the number of snaps. And then I have a table. And in that table, I have each position group sorted by class the number of snaps by that class and the percentage of snaps, the grade, total points, and then percentage. So, And the positions are sorted by grade as well. So quarterbacks are the best, 85.5, according to PFF so far this year. Running back, 71.5. Safety, 68.8. Tight ends, 68.4. Linebackers, 63.2. Wide receivers, 63.1. Cornerbacks, 62.8. Offensive line, 62.3, and defensive line, 61.7. And then the total number of points. And then, so you can see some pretty interesting stuff. And this is not groundbreaking here, but the defensive line, 
is the lowest rated position group on the team. Mm. And not only that, 73.7% of their snaps and 73.7% of their earned points are from seniors. So next year looking pretty rough. You go up here to running backs and look how nice that looks. 90.1% of all the points earned by freshmen. And the second highest rated group in the entire team. So this is kind of a cool pivot table here. You can see some stuff about the classes. This, the wide receiver is very interesting. Seniors, only 38% of the points earned. That would not be what you expected. And only no, not at all. Only 59.8 rated as a group, the seniors. Juniors looking better by a lot. One of those is Rakim Jarrett, who might also leave. So he gone. Yeah. Okay. So he gone, but so he won't be coming back. Another you one. Never know. You never know. Maybe they get it. Maybe he gets an NIL. This is where NIL people only think about recruiting. It helps for retention too. Maybe you get him some sort of deal where right. he'll come back for another year. Another interesting thing with the offensive line, senior laden, experience laden offensive line. However, look at this rating for the seniors of 58.2. You do not want to be below 60. You want to be up into the mid 60s. Into the 70s is when you get in good grades. 80s is when you're talking about like an all conference level play. Yeah, they need to revamp that. That's yeah. really annoying to me. It needs to be like out of a typical 100% scale, you know? Well, I think it is. No, not really, because the best that's still a D. So Maryland's players average a D if you like a 64.8%. Well, 70s is where you're getting into a, a good solid player. 80s right. is where that's you get I mean. to a conference level player. 90s is when you're getting like all American level. But yeah. so offensive line here, the four seniors, that counts Emilio Moran too as a backup. 58.2 rated, the sophomores and juniors are both at 64.7, 66.7. Maybe there's not going to be that much drop-off next year. You know, like, it, it seems like there's going to be, but, and the depth certainly will take a hit. So, yeah, that. But you got Colton Deary as a freshman who's doing pretty well. Even the freshmen are higher rated than the seniors. No, anyway, offensive line's, line's got in good shape. They just need three more guys. Yeah. So anyway, people listening on the radio, if you want to see all this, just come check out the, the YouTube video. And I just scrolled down. You can see everyone, all their snaps, all their ratings, all their points earned, their class, their position. And then over here, I have one more table. The by class as a whole, regardless of position, 41% of the snaps taken by seniors, uh, but only 38% of the points earned. So that's a little encouraging for when you're looking at next year and beyond. Juniors looking really good. Sophomores looking pretty good. So there you go. Some cool stuff for everybody to look at. I just crunched it all in certain ways for you guys there. I don't know if you have any questions about that or I haven't looked at the chat in a while to see if anybody's commented. It definitely on that. shows that, uh, like you said, it's not as veteran. Uh, the veterans aren't going to – all leave and wipe out the program after one good year. Maybe not, because it kind of feels like that. Like everything kind of coalesced this year in a good way where you've got a lot of senior players, a lot yeah. of experience. But some of those seniors could even come back still. We talked to Spencer Anderson. He's got another year. He could come back. Lunsford. So, yeah, so maybe some of those seniors will come back and 
won't be quite the drop off here. We do have a lot of comments in the chat about uh, talking about how it shouldn't be too hard to replace these wide receivers and defensive line. I don't know. I mean, in terms of depth, at least. You they got some good young receivers. I mean, Ty Felton's pretty explosive. He's he's sneaky good. Octavian Smith is going to be a star probably when you see how dynamic he is. Some guys just look different. I always say that. Like I remember I said it about DJ Moore and whoever else. He's one of those guys who just looks different. Uh, so he's going to be a he'll be a stud right off the way. They really like Shalik Knotts. Well, and Copeland's listed as a junior on the UM Terps website. Copeland can come back. I don't know if he will. He seems like a guy who could has a long, kind of tough journey and might just be at the end of it, but you never know. I mean, if he came back, he'd probably be the number one guy next year. Yeah, he so would be for sure. That might be might be something for him. With well, and, and he seems like he's he hasn't gotten the amount of snaps that I think he might have thought he was going to because they've been so spread out. Yeah, he's got, I think he's got the envision that happening. I don't know. Okay, so the highest average per catch on the team, maybe right now. If it's not him, Co- it's that. I just yeah. Carcosa Turp in the chat says, "Address my question, Larry, in all caps." He's demanding it, but he hasn't asked a question. The only other post was, <laughs> "It's like they wear it as a badge of honor." So, what is the question, Carcosa? Uh, I'll, 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 whatever you ask, I'll answer it to the best of my ability, or Jeff will. <laughs> But you got to sit, you got to ask a question. There's no question yet. Don't, don't like don't yell at us for something. We, yeah, don't like, what are you ta- what are you don't yell about? at us for something we, we haven't, we haven't done, right? Like we well, up enough as it is, but like, look something up. I, I am looking look up, up there's Carcosa. No there's no question, Carcosa. This guy's drunk. <laughs> there's no question. <laughs> Retype it because maybe it didn't show up for us. Do any of you guys see a question from him in the chat? Yeah, too busy. No. Yeah. So come on. It's too busy watching. Uh, we got a watching few, True we, Detective reruns. A couple minutes before Colby joins, we're gonna jump over to. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> right All right, Coco. So that's feel, enough. That's enough. Sorry, we're gonna jump to basketball recruiting. I want to talk I about. I feel like this is a con. This yeah. is this is a con. <laughs> He's yeah. messing with us. Okay. It's a fishing, it's a fishing scam. <laughs> okay. Bowl uh, prognosis. This is great Paul, radio. Paul, bowl prognosis. What's the what's the landscape? What are you foreseeing with – they're at six wins right now. If they get the seven, if they get the eight, if they go beyond that by chance. Like, what are you seeing? Where are you, where are you feeling? Well, you got to let me prep for this thing first. But, uh, I mean, Music City is what I, what I kind of wanted going into the season. Um, you know, give me Nashville around New Year's. Good with that. It's fun. Yeah. Um it's it's hard to <laughs> Yeah. That would be good. Yeah. yeah. That would be that would be all right. Um I don't know. I mean you got that awful Phoenix Bowl sitting out that which you know, Charlotte sucks, but like I guess it's close enough where maybe they'd Maryland might get pretty good turnout. But that would feel like a bit, bit of a disappointment to me. Um, and you know, I guess if, if, if you look, I mean, the way that all these other teams are beating each other, you could imagine a scenario where if they're able to get that kind of, uh, you know, signature win that Jeff was get to eight wins with a win over Penn state 
State or, or, or maybe Dare to Dream Ohio State, maybe they sneak into the Outback Bowl or something. So, you you know, or the Citrus Bowl. Like, you've got some Florida options. I don't know, man. I'm in for any of it. I'm just, I'm just happy to be in this situation, being able to ruminate about it. But it's a bit early to see where they're going to land because you need to know how many teams are going to make the, you know, if they're going to have a playoff team, if they're going to have a certain number of NY six teams and everything kind of trickles down from there. What's the worst case scenario back to the New York military. They can't go. Go ahead. Somebody posted a spreadsheet on the board with all, every single prognostication. I'll find that. Oh yeah. That was really great. Call that, call that person out. I meant to. To call that, I'm going to talk about that. All right, Colby. Like, anyways, it feels like eight wins, right? Feels like no matter how they come, it just feels like seven would be a really good season. But in the back of their heads, you know, they're thinking we won seven last year. You know, maybe I get too into into the mental stuff, but I feel like that this team is resilient, really motivated. You know, to do some big things. You have so many guys who are in their last go around. So I think they'll push against, they'll push it across the top against somebody. Obviously, if you're a Maryland fan, you want it to be Penn State or Ohio State, which Ohio State, we know, you know, that's like hitting the Powerball. So you don't really think about that one too much. You probably just are happy if you can, like we were discussing before, you're probably happy if you can stay within 10, make it so it's not a blowout in the fourth quarter. That would be progress. Uh, Penn State, though, that's, and obviously, Rutgers, you have to take care of business, and Wisconsin's playing a little bit better since uh, since they made the coaching change. So, going on the road there, Maryland will still be what probably six, seven point underdog, I would guess. And they, I've said it before, that's the one team they have not been able. They don't play them every year, but it's the one team in the whole conference they haven't been able to either beat or at least give a game to. They've only played what probably three or four times. Um, yeah. Anyways, to me, it feels like eight wins one way or another. Yeah, I mean, other than uh, until Michigan, until Michigan this year, Wisconsin was that kind of that boogie team that's left, right? Um, Maryland's always been a bad matchup there, and and no, you got Rangoon beat Michigan. They did. I remember that game. Oh well, nobody nobody counts that. That was the Brady Hoke era. <laughs> they beat him. Win is a win. Yeah, I was I was there. It was great. Don't get me wrong, but like that was that was a, a little different. All right, yeah. our, our boy Colby is waiting to get in. Let's get him in. And here he comes. There he is. Is your video turned off, Colby? Trying to get it there now. Let's see. Okay, we got it. We're there on. he comes. Colby, my first question for you. Giacobino. Very close. Probably one of the closest on, on the first attempt. Giacobino. Giacobino. That was the that was the only other yep. Giacobino. Okay. All right. Giacobino. Colby Giacobino, everybody. What is your official title on Inside Maryland Sports? Uh, I guess I would be the 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 hoops uh, recruiting insider. I like that. I like to say that's, that's, insider. That's, yeah. that's the question for Jeff. I just do what, what Jeff tells me to do. He's a guru. Basketball is a guru, man. Colby reminds my this is really an old man thing to say, but Colby reminds me of myself 
when I was the same age, just getting to every gym, watching every, knowing who's going, who's transferring, who's visiting where, like this guy is, is all over it. So it's been, uh, it's been just a blessing to get him, you know, covering recruiting for us. Well, welcome to IMS and welcome to the show for the first time. How long have you been on IMS? It's been a, many months now. No, I, I think it's, months. yeah, I think it's about what, maybe a little bit over a year now. A year? Uh, Jeff, I think. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so came in on a, uh, you know, the, with, with the, with the last staff and it, and it wasn't very much a, a crazy exciting gig. And now we get the transition to the, to the new staff and it's been, uh, yeah, Colby, Colby got the honor of coming around right at the end of the Turgeon era <laughs> covering recruiting. Oh, man, just imagine all, all of the high-pressure high, high pressure recruitments going on last fall. That was, uh, that was fun stuff. Yeah, no, I think uh, one of the first, um, you know, because I'm, I'm up here in Baltimore, so I, I covered, uh, you know, Cam Whitmore pretty closely. And, you know, that was one of the big, you know, prospects that I was covering pretty regularly and, and just getting the feedback from him uh, wasn't great, but you know, <laughs> we, uh, what was it? What was this? Okay. He's gone now. What was his feedback on Turgeon? Um, you know, and, and, and it's, I'd be careful because I, I still talk with a lot of those guys from the staff, but you know, I just don't think everybody in that room was on the same page. And I think the, the most common thing that I would hear from not only, I mean, Cam Whitmore, you know, in a nutshell, when he left and he was just kind of saying, like, look, I, j- I just kind of felt like I didn't – I wasn't wanted. I, I don't know if they really want me or not. I mean, that's that's an issue. You know what I mean? And and I think a lot of things they were uh, – their approach was, it, was to get these big-time, you know, recruits on campus maybe for an unofficial and then try to dangle the carrot over their head. Hey, if you come in unofficial, you get to do A, B, and C. Um and there was just nothing that shiny for them to say, oh, okay, now I got to go back for an official so I can get that experience. When a lot of these other, you know, power fives or, or blue blood programs were giving these prospects, you know, great experiences on unofficials so that they would want to come back. Um, it was just, you know, it was just a, a difficult scenario. And I take it Willard and company are doing that now. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't gotten one bad remark from any prospect i mean i try to follow up with every prospect that comes on campus and uh i mean even even to the ones that you know the one thing about this staff i think is they're very to the point and when they start recruiting a guy it's you know we either want to offer you or we're close to offering you the next thing is we want you on campus within a week and they want they want to get you on to kind of show their energy show you what they're about um and and even when you see the prospects, say like a you know a Derek Queen or or whoever who's went to other, you know, uh, prominent Power Five schools that maybe have at this point in time better facilities than Maryland does, uh, they always put the pin in the hat of. But the, the energy of this coaching staff is 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 what was my favorite part of the visit. Um, so it, it, and and the other approach with this, uh, I think that this staff does is when they have a visit that they either want to close in on or let these guys know that they're a priority, it's every single member of the coaching staff on the visit the entire time. Um, Rather than, you know, in the past, you might spend 10 minutes with the head coach and then, you know, you go off with one assistant and then another assistant and it's academic advice. You're just all over the place. What about, well, they haven't done well with the last two priorities, right? Two or three. 
So yeah, where I mean, do you think they're headed with the rest of the class? Yeah. So, you know, with the, the 2023s, I, I think that was more of a, a, a tougher, tougher scenario just because, you know, and it's, it's kind of weird saying now that, you know, they locked down the local guys and they struggle with the guys out of town because it was kind of reverse, you know, the for a, a long time here. But Forever. yeah, yeah. So but I think, I, I you know, with with Mo Diabate, who, who committed to Alabama, um, you know, it, it, it was coming down between Maryland and Alabama with that race. And then you look at Papa Conte, who was another big target, you know, two front court targets for him. It was Maryland and Michigan. Um, you know, Memphis was kind of gaining some some traction there just because of the relationship between Andy Borman and uh, and Papa Conte. But from what I what I was told, it, it was all Maryland and Michigan um, for that battle. And, you know, even like a guy who's kind of stole the, the fan base's hearts already, John, John Lamoth, he was shocked when, you know, uh, it started going towards Michigan because he thought Papa really, really enjoyed the visit when when they were both on campus. Um, but I think I think being alone in the final two for those guys is a major step um, because there were a lot of different programs who do a really good job of recruiting those style of prospects that were involved with both guys. Um, and then to answer to answer your other question, you know, it's not clear cut in terms of what they do with the rest of the 23 class. Obviously, the the, the elephant in the room is, look, we need a front court prospect. Um, they, they don't have they don't have anybody that they've they've really offered and are tracking closely right now. That might change as the high school season uh, comes and, and, and goes. Um, or, you know, we could see them just say, like, look, we just got to hit the transfer market hard or try to find. You know, maybe a maybe a foreign player, uh, just like they did with with Caleb Swanton over this you know this this past off season, kind of a, a under the radar pickup that might you know end up working out for him in the long term. But uh, there's nobody on the immediate radar for 23 for that for that front court hole. Colby, what do you think? Uh, actually, somebody just asked us if Willard has said what style of player he wants. Tough, tall kids. Does it seem like that's that seems pretty much the thing. Physical dudes, versatile. Uh, what are your thoughts just on what his his type has been so far? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just just guys that are winners, man. I mean, that like that's that's how I would categorize it. Like, especially when you get Deshaun Harris Smith and Jamie Kaiser, those are guys that they're not only skilled, but they just have that intangible will to win. And I know that's kind of cliche, but you know, when you when you look at Deshaun who's come up, you know, winning his entire career. I mean, even going back to middle school, um, he's just won everywhere he's went. You go to PVI, he gets, he gets groomed there. He's a team takeover kid who, you know, even this last, this, this past summer at, at the peach jam, when team takeover was coming in, nobody expected anything from him. Um, Cause they just had a down year this year. And then they go and advance to the, to the peach jam championship and, and, and lose at the buzzer. So um it's a lot of intangible things that he brings to the table. And then, you know, I, Jamie Kaiser, I, th I think he has a really good chance of being like head and shoulders of, above everybody else. You know, the other two in this class, uh, even when he was out the elite 24, I was talking with a lot of people and, and I mean, they were talking about he, him being top two or top three in attendance of, of that event. Um, just a lot of intangibles that he brings, but I think, I think an, a, another aspect that Willard, is, is really pressing his character um, of these guys. And, you know, you start, you start that class with John Lamoth, who you won't find somebody in town that 
has a bad thing to say about John as a kid. Uh, he's just a great kid. He's got a great energy about him and he's a great foundational piece. And I think John's a great judge of character as well. And I think that's why, you know, maybe getting John at first wasn't the big five-star get that everybody wanted, but it set that foundation for others around this area to be like, okay, well, if John's going there. They must be doing something good because, um, you know, Georgetown was, was all over John. And, and, you know, at this, at, at, as it started coming down between the battle, I mean, Maryland stole them once they really put their, you know, foot on the ground, but, uh, but yeah, just toughness, good character guys and guys that are going to want to play up and down fast pace and uh, get after it on, on both ends of the floor. So, so people always want to know what's next. Give me 2024 loaded class, tons of really good players locally. If you could choose three or four guys, realistic guys that they could sign next year who, cause it's, it's tough to know who they, who you prioritize. Who would yeah. you choose the first three or four guys? I think if I had to choose, I'll, I'll stay with three. And if I had to choose four, I'll tell you my fourth. Um, my, my scenario would be, of course, Derek Queen, uh, Drew McKenna, and Malachi Palmer. Um, Drew McKenna is a, a Glenelg country kid. Jeff, obviously, you have, you have good connections with him and his father. Uh, Malachi is a kid who actually grew up playing for Team Thrill on the UAA circuit uh, from Harrisburg for uh, Pennsylvania and then went out to, uh, to Hillcrest out in Arizona last year, just was a place that he really shouldn't have been comes back, plays at Mount Zion now, um, which is right down the street from the Xfinity center. Mount Zion actually practice in the Xfinity center or, or got to watch practice today, the entire team. Um, so that they're building that connection quickly. But I mean, I think out of that group too, I mean, when you're grouping in Derek, of, co of course, Derek is extremely skilled. But Drew and, and Malachi are two guys that have a chance to really uh, be big time and, you know, potential draft prospects for that case that they're not really getting the same coverage as, say, a Derek Wood. Uh, and if I had to extend to four, it would probably be a Daquan Davis uh, for the point guard position. Um, you know, just another guy who I think really fits the mold that Willard is looking for in terms of when you're looking at other schools, he's getting recruited by, by a lot of different programs, but he also fits like that VCU mold where you just, you just, you know, full court pressure, do the little things to win. So, I mean, they're on Daquan heavily too. And he um, shot like 48% from three or something crazy. Yeah. He led the circuit. Uh, I think it was 46% maybe on three. And the crazy thing is when he was a freshman at St. Francis, I, I got to, I got to cover him a, a decent amount. And I mean, he couldn't hit the red side of a barn um, from three. So from, from uh, he was strictly a slasher and it just shows the progression in his game. And, and I mean, I think he, he's a guy that a lot of programs are hoping stay low key because he could be a, he's a guy who can change your culture the second he steps foot on campus. Kobe. We got some chat room questions. Can I hit you up with those? Yeah, of course. All right. First one, you kind of touched on this already when you're talking about the high character kids. But uh, Jay Mulner asked, have they mentioned any kind of profile of kids they want? I asked like, them already. You already did ask that? Sorry. Mm -hmm. um, is that when I – that's when I ran to let my dog outside? <laughs> okay. Sano Voce said, how do, things, <laughs> how do things stand with Queen now? And – how has Caleb Swanton Rogers looked so far? Thanks for the show. Go ahead. Yep. Yep. So, so I, um, obviously I caught up with Derek after his official, um, 
and, and for people who have spoken with Derek before, he, he's a man of a few words and he's very hard to read. Um, but from, from, you know, what, I, from my conversation with him, again, it's, it's a theme of, of the interview here is he, he really loved the staff. Um, he just kept going back to that when I asked his favorite, you know, what was your favorite part of the visit? What stood out? He was just like, I just really liked my time when we, it was just me and the staff and we were just talking and they were telling me, you know, their views for how they see me fitting in at Maryland and, and, you know, this, that, and the third. So there was that dialogue that was, that was effective. Um, in terms of what he looks like as a recruiting picture. Um, so Indiana is, is in there. Um, he went on an official to Indiana before he took his official to Maryland, uh, Arizona and Auburn, uh, have definitely moved in and they're being consistent. Um, Texas is out of the picture now. And that was one that, you know, could potentially hang around and, and, and be interesting. But, um, you know, he, he told me they're pretty much done. Um, and then Kansas was another one that, that recently was made public, um, and, but from what I was talking with him, it's not one of these things where he's hearing from them a lot. Uh, so the, the, the four main ones, the four main programs are Maryland, Arizona, Auburn, and, uh, and Indiana. And in terms of where Maryland stands, I mean, obviously, you know, since this staff has, has taken place, uh, that he's been their, their main priority, as I said, you know, in, in, in the article, their pitch to them is, hey, you're, you're the, the biggest prospect that we would get since Len Bias, um, which is, which is saying something. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, and, and the thing That's is probably like, not entirely true, but we'll go with it. <laughs> what was Diamond Stone ranked? Those, uh, he's on a roll. He's on a roll. Don't stop him. Yeah. 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 Pearl Harbor. Just, uh, just, just say whatever you can, but, uh, but no, I mean, in terms of, in terms of who I would see being a, being a threat in that, I mean, Arizona obviously carries some weight there, but I, I would be more afraid of Auburn, um, in that, in that scenario. Uh, and then Indiana, you know, that they're, they're all over him. Um, I just not sure with how Derek plays, you know, who they kind of have to use as an, as an example of how they would use his, um, so, I mean, I know, you know, they might, they might throw out a name or two, but I just feel like with what Willard is, is pointing out to him, pretty much come here and be our Jokic uh, in, in a Jokic role. Okay. That's, that's, He's either Lynn Bias or Jokic. That's fine. Either one. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that, 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 that more so, that more, the Jokic one was more so as mine, but I, mean, okay. I feel like with, with, well, I mean, you're not going to be like, Hey, come here and be, with uh can be Kwame Brown yeah yeah no I mean and and that's the that's the other thing really like I, I know a lot of people see Derek and they just all of a sudden think that he's a he's a maybe a one and done and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that's a guarantee um he's still got some work to do for sure and who knows you know once he gets to play in the the Big Ten who's you know loaded with big men and, and talented ones at that, how he does. But I, I like Maryland's position right now. Um, we still got to, it's going to be a, a long roller coaster in terms of his recruitment. Um, so, you know, we'll wait and see what other, what other things take place. All right. Percent chance right now. Derek Queen ends up at Maryland. Uh, this is what he does every week, Colby. It's a lot of <laughs> yeah. You, you um, didn't get the warning, did you? 
I would say 60%. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not crazy on it. What year? That's good. What, what year? year? I, I can a hundred, I, well, from what I'm told, a hundred percent, 2024. Um, okay. I heard there's 0% chance he's coming out in 23. Okay. All right. I still maintain that may be a negotiation ploy to get some more NIL money. I don't That's, know why you do it, man. I don't know his personal situation, so I'm not trying to second guess. I'm, I'm just, not saying for sure. I'm, I'm just saying if you I'm want surprised. it, that's what you do, right? It's going to be an important factor. I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And the second part of that question, quickly, how has Caleb Swanton Rogers looked? From from what I've heard, I mean, he's he's looked solid. He's definitely a, a project. Um, and and going up against you know Julian Reese every day in practice certainly doesn't hurt uh, in terms of getting his prog- progression quickly. I've heard Julian's been dominant um, from from what people have been telling me, uh, just the size that he's put on. But I mean, it's always it's always tricky with the with the foreign bigs that come and make their transition to high level basketball here. Um, so I think it's going to be you know we'll see him in spurts early on try to get him some confidence maybe against, you know, some bye games early on and, and we'll go from there. But who knows when that big 10 play comes? Cause like I said, the big men that you're going up against every night, uh, it's, it's not easy. Now, you probably saw a ton of uh, Noah bachelor in high school and they yeah. seem to like him. They seem to think he's going to play an actual role. What do you, what do you think about him? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the things that Noah can do is, is shoot the ball and, and, and be an athlete. Um, and I think those are those are valuable those are valuable things. I didn't get to see him a ton playing for IMG. I would see him with Team Throw on, on the circuit. Uh, he's not a guy who's going to do much do too much off the dribble, but I don't think he needs to here. I think you just play off Jameer's you know playmaking, Hakeem's playmaking, and be a guy who can hit corner threes, get out on the break, finish finish lobs, and uh, just don't be a liability defensively. But Noah's got toughness, and from all of that that I've heard, Jeff, unless you've heard different, I mean, I've heard he's he's been he's been making some strides. Yeah, yeah, I think he'll, I think he'll probably be maybe that he could be that third guy off the bench, which is pretty good for a guy you know who was where he was. Not to say he was you know a nobody, but um, no, you know he if wasn't he's, top, he wasn't a top fifty. Sure, if sure. he's I mean, third, you're saying Martinez is one now. And then Cornish is two, and then no, 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 I don't think Cornish. Cornish has to work his way up. Emilian probably gets Emilian, in there. Emilian, Patrick Emilian, who half of Maryland fans probably don't know his name yet. Okay, from uh, I think it was LIU Brooklyn. Had previously played. He's played a t- played a two spots. That was one. Um, I don't know. Anyways, he's six seven, kind of gritty dude. Not super skilled scorer, but can rebound and. They don't have any bigs. We got jewelry Reese and and nothing of any substance. So just out of necessity, he's going to play a ton. So Martinez, Emilian, and then he maybe he doesn't start. I keep hearing Martinez looks great. I shouldn't say great, but very promising compared to you know last year's struggles. So I could see him possibly starting. I don't know if that'll happen right away. If he's good enough to start, I mean that that changes the outlook of the season pretty drastically. I, I really think it's possible, but you never know with the off-season stuff. That's like a, you know, you can. All right, last one from the chat room, and then we're gonna have some fun. Is Jonathan Lamothe? How does he compare to Daryl Morcel? Uh, I think it's two different players um, when you compare those guys. I mean, Daryl. Daryl was more of the the downhill physical driver slasher who over time I think developed 
a little bit more of an in-between game and uh, not really, you know, I mean, I wouldn't say that, that Darrow was a, uh, was a, was a marksman from the outside. Um, Jonathan, he is a guy, he's going to be a, a floor spacer um, who can do some things off the dribble. I think John has be- a lot better vision than Daryl Daryl did. I think a part of John's game that's very underrated is his ability to uh, just, just pass read defenses very quickly and, and, fit fit the ball into tight windows um you know to to cutting teammates or guys uh, along the dunker spot so i think in in that realm i would say daryl was daryl was a little bit tougher as well at this point john's a tough kid don't get me wrong but uh in terms of just getting down in the mix i think that's where daryl lived um I, I think john over time will get to that but two different two different players and you're going to see john make his impact from the outside colby how long can you stay can you stick around for a bit yeah, I'm here. All right, we do some games at the end of the show. I'm gonna have you stick around, and I'll I do six, three, and three. But you all do two each, so hang okay. on. But before that, we have Paul's favorite segment of the show. That is, uh, he turns off his video. You'll love it, Colby. If this is your first time, here we go. Hey everyone, this is Wheels with your IMS Non-Rev Sports Report. We're approaching Big Ten tournament time for some Maryland teams. The women's field hockey team dropped a big road game at number 5 Penn State last week, losing 5-1. With several starters out due to injury, they take on two non-conference rivals over the next week in UVA and UConn. If Penn State loses at Rutgers, the Terps will win the outright Big Ten regular season title. Men's soccer has had an uneven run over the last four games tying the bottom-feeding Northwestern Wildcats and losing to High Point before dominating Michigan State last week. The Terps played Delaware on Tuesday before heading out to number 21, Indiana, this weekend. With a win against IU, High the Point? Terps will win the Big Ten regular season. Ohio State can still catch the Terps in the Big Ten standings if the Buckeyes win their last two games and the Terps lose or tie against the Hoosiers. Shout-out to the women's soccer program, who notched their first back-to-back conference wins since joining the Big Ten. All right. That sends them into the offseason with momentum under their first-year head coach. Finally, women's volleyball continues to work through Big Ten play. After a huge win at number 9 Purdue last week, the Terps have dropped two in a row and head to Iowa on Thursday and then to number 3 Nebraska on Saturday. And that's your IMS non-rev wrap. Take care, everyone. I love it. I love getting the updates on the non-revs. Has Maryland women's soccer struggled that bad? They just had their guess first, so. first ever back-to-back Big Ten win. I think they've been they've been garbage since like Sasha's wife was the coach, which was like Probably when I was there. Maryland they used to be really area. good, right? Years ago, I think they used to be really. I good. think yeah, I think they were pretty good back back when Sasha's wife was was the coach. But that, like I said, that was that was back when I was in school. So that was. Just let Sasha coach both teams. All right. Yeah. Hey, Sasha, coach both teams and you still get no stadium. All right. Colby's going to stick around for true or false. And normally I have three for Jeff and three for Paul. I'm going to realign it. So there's two for each of you. I'm going to read a statement. You say true or false, and then you expound upon it. So let me just make sure I give these basketball ones to Colby. (laughs) We'll start with Jeff. The injury suffered by Talia, combined with his mild pro prospects, make it very likely that he'll be back next season. 
Uh, false. No, not very likely. Possible on the outskirts of reality, but I think it's the same thing in this era that we're in right now. You need a good NIL deal, right? He might not, like I said last time or whatever, he's too small probably to be an NFL quarterback, but he's not getting any bigger after another year. He's just taking a ton more hits, you know, so maybe if you get the right NIL deal done, he comes back, but definitely I wouldn't say it's, you know, highly likely. Okay. Paul, even if the football team loses their next three games and only beats Rutgers the rest of the way, it has been a good season for the Maryland football team. Yes. True. True. That's it. True. Boom. That's I mean, it. I, I mean, will, will I be slightly disappointed at the time? Sure. But I'm never going to look back at a seven and five season in the big 10 East as a, as not anything but a success. Sorry. That's just, that's where we are as a program. And that's where the conference is. It just is what it is. Purdue was the killer. You get that Purdue game, you know, which you probably should have. You're talking about eight or nine. Yeah. But when you're living, not to steal your question, but when you're living, you know, with your back against the wall every single game, if you only lost one, that's pretty good. Yeah, so I mean, if, if – Oh, sorry. Go ahead. They get through the whole season with only, with only like, one loss that could have, could have, should have, would have, that ain't bad. You got to yeah. live with that. It's college football. Yeah. And I'll say this also, a lot of uh, bitching about the officials, myself included, those first three Big Ten games, they got some good calls in their favor against Northwestern to help them win that one. Some timely calls that went their way. So, good. Now they're owed two more games like that in a row to make up for it. Okay, Colby, the basketball team will not only make the tournament, they'll do it comfortably. Uh, I'm going to say false to the comfortably part. I think, <laughs> I, 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 I think they'll make the tournament, but once again, just with how deep the, 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 uh, you know, big 10 is going to be and, and that gauntlet of a, of a, of a schedule that they have to go through in conference play, I think it's definitely going to test them. Um, but I think it'll be one of those things that if they, if they are able to get in with say like a, a 10 seed or nine seed or whatnot, um, you know, they, they'll definitely be ones that, that can't be overlooked just because of the, the toughness that I think Willard's going to have them playing with. Okay. Jeff, we're realigning here a little bit. Okay, Jeff, Loxley is the best coach Maryland could have for the program right now, so all the haters should just shut up. I would say true, but are there, are there many haters? I see a few people still nitpicking, but – Feels like most people are just like there's still people bitching. Oh, uh, yeah, no, true. I mean, there are definitely imperfections. He's not Nick Saban, but nobody is, and you have to consider what he took over. You know, it was it was a mess. There was not a lot of talent. You know, the penalty thing is definitely that's on him. He knows that they can't seem to figure out a way to get it fixed. But otherwise, the trajectory is there, right? Getting better every year. Now the question obviously is. What can you get to this year, and can you sustain it at least to like a bowl eligible level next year after losing all those guys? Can I jump on this real quick? A yes, he is not Nick Saban because Nick Saban coaches the current team with the most penalties in college football. And B, <laughs> um, if you look at the hey, if this was around the horn, I would have hit like three points on you. For that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, just saying. Um, and B, 
if you actually look at the stats, DJ Durkin's team finished average worse um, at the end of the season in terms of penalties uh, in college football than Mike Loxley teams have. But boy, I just can't figure out why people can't get over Mike Loxley and penalties. And they didn't say that about other coaches. I just scratch my head sometimes. We need to get Colby's analysis of the football team. Oh boy. How many wins are they going to get? Offensive lines, the offensive line so far, Colby, especially the, some of the younger guys who are just getting a few reps here and there. I, all I remember is uh, covering Andre Roy uh, when he played for St. Francis one year, and and just nobody could do anything with him in the paint. So I can I can. Sure they that. like it. They, they, they he said it in the paint. <laughs> he, can't, he can't even get the basketball terminology out. <laughs> they think uh, no, they think Roy's going to be a star tackle like beginning next year. They like him a lot. So I'm saying yeah. the, the offensive line might not be that bad next year. Even losing the four seniors, if they you do. know, no, frankly. I'm and a big fan of uh, how much Roman, how well Roman Hemby runs in the key. Personally, that's a that's a big thing for me. To 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 defend myself here, <laughs> St. Francis, Nick Miles threw him threw Andre Roy on the basketball team. So when when that's he was at when he was at St. Francis, when he was at St. Francis, just nobody in the area knew what to do with him, and 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 Andre had a screw or two loose in his head when he was on the floor. <laughs> the so uh, no nobody was testing him, but. Um, but yeah, and even even with Hemby being a, a John Carroll guy, um, you know, I, I'm I'm glad to see that he's doing well, well too. Man, Andre Roy must have been like the high school version of Big Jelly. <laughs> like, where where did he find a, a uniform that fits that guy? Yeah. He actually he actually he actually was not bad either. Like he had touch around the rim. <laughs> he was just a again just a straight up rim runner, and he played with Ace Baldwin. So it was just set a big high ball screen, <laughs> use that ball screen, and 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 play. Can't imagine that guy crashing off the screen. (laughs) (laughs) Maryland needs big men. All right, Paul. (laughs) Maryland will get as screwed by the Big Ten in the bowl selection process as they do by the officials. I I don't I don't think so. I I think (laughs) I I know I know that's a bait question. Um, (laughs) But uh, no, they can't possibly get more screwed than they do by the refs. First of all. Uh, second of all, I, I think they're going to be in that jumble of teams. That's going to be like seven and five, eight and four, maybe nine and three. If they're lucky screwed up is in the eye of the beholder, right? Like maybe you'd rather go to Nashville. Maybe Damon Evans would tell you he'd rather go to Charlotte because he could sell more tickets to Charlotte. Whereas nobody else with a pulse thinks that's a better bowl game than the Nashville game against an SEC team. But like I said, eye of the beholder there. Larry, right. we got a question in the chat from my guy, Wes Brown, our beat writer for football and basketball, who, by the way, we need to get on soon, get on the podcast soon. So he, he's, he asked if Roy could dunk. He says A.J. Francis could get up despite his size. I assume Roy could dunk easily, Colby. He could. Um, he, it, was, it was always just a one-handed, though. He couldn't get up there with two. <laughs> well, that's all. I could only do one-handed. I still respect it. Yeah. yeah, I can't blame him for that. You know, that's all I could do, too. All right, Colby. Anybody's got video of Larry dunking, I will pay you thousands of dollars. For it. <laughs> yeah, that would be the, that would be the we, weirdest sight in history. Hey, <laughs> we didn't, we didn't say, we didn't say how high the rims were. Okay, <laughs> Colby. With Maryland missing out on all their biggest targets for 2023, they will not have any more freshmen in the 2023 class. Uh, 
I will go. I will go false. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna bring someone in late. Um, or you know, when I say late, maybe maybe the springtime. Uh, whether that be just a, a under the radar prospect who hasn't quite blossomed yet and who's gonna shine at their high school, or maybe maybe a foreign big. Um, assistant coach Tony Skin has a lot of connections with a lot of talented bigs who are who are playing you know overseas, and and I wouldn't be shocked if he uses those. Yeah, like okay. the only positive to this thing with Conte and Diabati is it's only October. So like they've got time to go scout some guys, see who emerges during the high school basketball season. Like it's not like it's April here. You don't need to freak out yet. Yep. The favorite question was about the number of wins the rest of the season. Lots of comments on that. People talking about how bad Wisconsin is. People really think they're going to beat Wisconsin. I'm, it's possible. I got them. <sighs> I got him at like a 30% chance, a 33% chance, something like that. I mean, I might have had him a little higher a couple of weeks ago. Not I after mean, this past week. They they seem to – I mean, they're not they're not very good, but they're still at home. They're in that place. They're coming off a bye, too. Uh, it's, yeah. I don't know, man. They, they've just they've just had Maryland's number. It just, Maryland has a 40% chance in that game. Book it. Okay. Yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. I mean – Again, it's just it's one of those mentally one of those breakthrough games that they're going to want really bad. Wisconsin, they're kind of playing out the string, even though it's off of a bye week, like you said. That if they're going to win one of Wisconsin, Penn State, and Ohio State, it's pretty obvious which one they have the best chance at. Anyways, all right. The next thing I had for you guys was buy or sell. I'm going to rearrange these a little bit too. So. I'm going to give you something Maryland related. You say buy or sell. You think, is it on the rise? You buy it. Is it on the way down? You sell it. So Jeff, we'll start with you and we'll say Maryland football attendance. Yeah, it's on the rise. Clearly. I mean, good, good crowd for Purdue people. They've shown that they'll start to, they'll come out if you're doing exciting things that Maryland's winning. So you know, they haven't, nobody, none of the students or people in the area have had a chance to enjoy a straight up winning season. Last year, they got to seven wins, but it was a bumpy road. So yeah, it is going up. And, you know, Loxley talks about it constantly. You can tell it's a major, major priority for him to keep getting the fans out. Paul, Big Ten expansion. buy it. I, I still think they're not going to hang those two West Coast teams out to dry. It might take some time. It might take some, uh, you know, I, I, it, there's been some news recently that the uh, Pac-10 teams have been getting some very low low ball offers from ESPN about redoing their contracts, so that might scare some teams into some action. I don't know. I, 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 would, I, I just can't imagine they would stick with only those two teams out West. I agree, but I think it might I might have said sell for now, but then at the beginning of next summer, buy again. Yeah, I mean, I just uh, it's hard to know what the timeline is, right? I mean, it, that W that USC UCLA thing came out of the total, totally came out of the blue. Yeah. So these guys know what they're doing. I just I imagine if the if the Pac-10 is is in the process of redoing their own deal, and ESPN's being like, yeah, fifteen million dollars a year, you're going to have some people knocking at the door. So. Yeah, I, I I don't foreclose anything happening right now. Yeah, but then it takes the Big Ten. If they're only getting fifteen million a year, it takes they're only they're going to weaken the deal for the other Big Ten teams. So the Big Ten is going to have to figure out: is it worth it? 
That's true. I just think there's going to be pressure from from USC and UCLA to have at least two more teams out there. It it just doesn't make sense to make that move without a future plan of at least thinking a little further out. Colby, excitement over the basketball team. Oh, I'm buying it. Big yeah, time. I'm yeah, uh, I think again. I, I I think this the coaching staff alone um, is going to you know really steal the the fan base's hearts. Um, and I think that you know their vision for for how they want to play, the style that they're going to play. Um, I think Jameer Young is going to be a guy who who really uh, appeals um, with with the way that he plays the game. And and I'm expecting a big season from uh, from Julian Reese. So I think there's a, a lot of reasons to be excited going in. I mean, I know everybody tries to say that every season, but I think there's a lot of faith in, in what they, they have going on up there. If Reese and Martinez are the two best-looking players, they're not the main four everybody was talking about before that. So now you got six maybe that are – Sure. And, I mean, I would also expect to be a, a productive season from Dante Scott too. I feel like he just always gets tossed by the wayside when in reality he's probably the most productive player that they have coming back. All right, Jeff, football ratings on Inside Maryland Sports. I'm buying it. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, there's definitely, I mean, this is rare. This For this time of year, it's very rare to have users engaging with anything football-related, or at least much. People are excited, man. It's You know, they haven't had this kind of magical ride feeling in forever. So, you know, it's not going crazy, but – it's clear, you know, you see, you definitely see a, a significant spike in, uh, in traffic. Paul, game day experience. Old? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's the same. I mean, they, they, no, that's not fair. I mean, I, I guess I would buy it, but I'm not spending a whole lot on it. I mean, it's, they've certainly tried to improve things. Um, scoreboard yeah the scoreboard the sound system actually sounds good for once Um, you know having like the go-go band come in for a game or two pre-game like that's cool stuff they have the stuff going on at Ludwig Field so they've certainly gone out of their way to try and make it better but it's it's about the fans and the fans don't show up it doesn't doesn't really matter so much All right. The last one I had was football for Colby. I don't know if I want to give you a football. I was going to ask, I was going to make uh, Paul do the wide receivers because that's a pretty tricky one. Colby, what do you, what do you think about the depth chart at long snapper right now? (laughs) So I uh, think it needs, I think it needs some work. It could get better. We can say that it can get better. So you're selling that one, huh? (laughs) We're going to sell. We're going to sell that. Selling the snappers. Hopefully the long snapper isn't the best player on the team. <laughs> that would be crazy. <laughs> All right, how about this, Colby? Maryland's chances in the Big Ten tournament every year. Every As opposed to hey, Trojan's level of are success. They gonna, are they going to win it every single year? No, I mean, is it going to be better? Is it better? Is it going up or is it going down? It's an easy one. I think I, it's going to go up. I think, <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I, I think it goes up, but – I think it's for um, different reasons. Whereas again, I, I, I'm going to put my flag down that 
I think these guys are really going to want to fight for Willard. And I think when people, uh, you know, when, when that's brought up in conversation, it can just be, again, brought up as like a cliche statement. But I think that's what earns you wins when the most important time of year comes. And I think they have a lot of trust in, and again, in what he's, what he's presenting to them, the, the style that he presents and the toughness that he's going to uh, put into these guys, that that's when it is going to shine brightest. I know maybe his resume in, in the tournament doesn't speak to that, but I think now with the, with the talent that he's going to be able to assemble, um, I think it's only, it's only room to, to, to be bright about to be optimistic about. Well, why the expansion thing said off the chat room too, but why is there a lot of, noise about Pitt and West Pitt and West Virginia being the big 10 teams. Cause there's, people don't know what they're talking about. There's absolutely that. no chance of either of those teams. Neither. Yeah, there's no way. Nice. There's neither. Solid second tier. They're not uh, even second tier. Not to say Maryland is like blue blood or something, but the TV markets aren't that good. The brands aren't national. Uh, there's just no way. No, they're talking about how the rivalries would be good, but, it's not. Yes, our long-term rivalry with Pitt. And oh, West Virginia, I'd be so yeah. excited. Be so re- excited re- to get that back. Reignite that thing. I have so many like sentimental memories about that. Can you imagine how excited the guys at Looney's would be to get the Pitt, uh, the the Pitt uh, Booster Club back in there on game day? Yeah. Oh, man. I like this guy Carcosa Therapy saying some crazy shit in the chat room. So come back every week. I like. This we need stuff. more of that. We do need. More we of that. we do need more of that. We need conflict. But there's no way Pitt. He Crazy. said Pitt and West Virginia make hey. the most sense. They feel like Big Ten teams. No, they do not. Okay, that's incredibly dumb. I want to ask Colby something that's not incredibly <laughs> dumb before we leave. Um, Colby, tournament team or not this year? Bottom line. Remix. <laughs> uh, I, I, I want to, yes, sneak in. They, they sneak in. I think they're, they're more than sneaking in. Bubblicious. They, they need a lot of things to go right. Yeah, they do. If they're, just, if they're, if they're getting in comfortably, that's, that's, it's going to make uh, Jeff and I's world easy. Yes, that's it will. Clear. I do kind of su- I kind of suspect, and I, I wonder if, if the experience Willard's had just like gumming games up and just first one to 60 will fit right into the Big Ten in a way that. Nothing Turgeon did really well, and oh, maybe man. you can. He's picking up the pace, though. Yeah, I've heard that shit before. So I, I, again, I was a different yeah. guy, though. I want to believe. Don't get me wrong, I do, and I and I'm curious whether he's one of those guys who will fit his system to the players as opposed to, you know, trying to fit round, you know, round pegs and square holes. But I think he is that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what everybody, again, like when I'm talking to people who go, who, who are at practice as, as visitors or, or high school coaches or whoever, I mean, they're, they're, they're saying the pace is insane um, that, that they're playing with. And it's, and it's the entire practice again, like Paul said, I mean, everybody's optimistic, but before the ball gets tipped uh, for, you know, the first game of the year. So you, you're cautious with that, but I mean, from what he's from the picture that he's painting, I mean, he wants to he wants to get up and down, so we'll see. Everybody watching us right now live, please do us a favor. Give us a like. Subscribe to IMS Radio for us, please. We're trying to build up those subscribers. And Colby, thanks for coming, man. We've got, got to have you back more often. Thanks, Colby. Hey, guys, anytime you need me, Basketball I really appreciate you guys starting. having me on. Yeah. 
basketball season starting, we can have you on to talk about the team. Absolutely. Recruiting, all that stuff. Yeah. Soon, as soon as we find the next like 6'10 kid from Zimbabwe who's going to be <laughs> our, our April signing. Jeff's gonna uh Jeff's gonna pay for my flight over there so I can so I can uh, scout him as well. That's right. <laughs> Jeff's paying for all of us to go it's to a, Nashville. It's so. a nice write-off. <laughs> yeah. No, but thanks a lot for having me on, guys. And anytime you guys need me, don't hesitate. Colby Giacobino, the IMS basketball recruiting guru. That's what I think you said your title was. Thank you, everybody, for coming on the show. We'll see about next week. They're off. Not sure what we're going to do. Paul, Jeff, what do you guys think? Maybe, maybe not. See, we'll let the news dictate it. <laughs> we'll see if there's anything to talk about. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining. We'll see you guys maybe next week, maybe two weeks. This is IMS Radio.